Hello everyone, I'm Carmelita Tu, and welcome to Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them, a show to help busy, mindful, growth-oriented moms stay informed and inspired as they navigate their daughter's tween and teen years, with most episodes running 20 minutes or less. If you're interested in hearing from experts, authors, therapists, coaches, moms who've been there, and hear a curated selection of articles, be sure to follow or subscribe and follow at NoBeRaiseThem on Instagram. So girls and friendships, where do we start? I can remember navigating clicks, hearing whispers, taking sides and witnessing silent treatments. I can even think of a few times I ate in the library in high school, specifically because I just didn't wanna deal with the drama and politics that a school lunchroom can bring on. And there's no shortage of books or movies on the topic. It seems tween and teen girls and friendship drama often go hand in hand. That's why I was so excited to connect with Jessica Spear, a mom of two daughters and author of the award-winning book, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships. Her book grew out of her friendship program that strengthens social awareness and helps kids learn to navigate common struggles. She has a master's degree in social sciences and explores social emotional topics in ways that connect with preteens and teens. I asked Jessica to shed some light on the social struggles in the tween and teen years, what she's learned in her work, and what moms and parents can do to support their daughters. Here's that conversation. Well, welcome, Jessica. I'm so excited for you to be here. And um, thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise. I'm curious, what can you tell us about friendship and social struggles at this stage in life, these preteen and teen years? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And what is helpful for us to know as parents as, as we enter this phase is that it's really common. Um, so there's a big mm. developmental shift happening. So when kids are younger, so let's say, you know, girls are going from toddlers to preschoolers to early elementary school, their friendships are really based on proximity, you know, who's who's nearby neighbors, you know, classmates, and play. So that's based, that mm. bases the foundation of our friendships in our you know, early age there. Then there's this shift that happens. And of course, it happens at different ages for everybody. Some girls start this shift in later elementary school, some it happens in middle school, but they're no longer really looking for friendships based on that proximity and play. They're looking for friendships based on shared interest, friendships based on deeper levels of acceptance. They're also, you know, starting puberty and they're also mm. starting to pull away from their parents a little bit. So they're mm. starting that individuation process, which puts even more weight in these friendships. So it's not surprising at all that instability often rules in oh. friendships in the preteen years. So um, just keeping that in mind that this is a really um, big developmental stage as far as social emotional growth goes you know, will help keep parents grounded, you know, so they can best support their girls through this process. Thank you so much for normalizing this experience. It's hard not to wonder, like, is this, uh, how, how much should I react to this? So I appreciate that you have kind of set the, the stage that this is very common. And um, yeah, just wanted to say that. Yeah. And I think that 
part of you know my my motive for doing my friendship groups and for writing this book was to normalize a lot of that I think sometimes mm. we can get caught up in oh no something's wrong with my daughter or mm-hmm. some, you know are all these other people there's something wrong with them but really they're all just going through this really important phase and yes it's uncomfortable and yes it might feel unstable but something really important is happening they're learning how to be a good friend they're learning how they want to be treated in in relationships you know they're learning how to stand up for themselves they're learning how to be trustworthy they you know they're learning so mm. much and of course mistakes are common and it's a bumpy road um, but it's all part of the process and and if we can stay really grounded as parents like not get caught up in every single conflict but really grounded help you know be the emotional coach be the guide you know ask some good questions so they can really start to get some insights about what's happening in their world you know we're in a much better place and if we become reactive to these situations as well yeah that's so good to keep in mind out of curiosity since my experience is is limited to girls and of course going through things myself anecdotally i feel like there's a lot of media presence or a lot of discussion around this this these struggles these friendship struggles happening with girls do you notice or have you heard this happening with boys as well you know it does and i think there's something interesting going on there that you know parents of boys can be aware of i when i ran my friendship groups they were open to boys as well but mm. i have to say it was really hard to get the boys to participate mm. um and i think some of this still goes back to you know boys um, being able to express having struggles in relationships, having struggles, you know, that mm-hmm. is it okay to express these uncomfortable emotions? So I think some of that we're still dealing with as a society. The other thing, though, I notice at, el- at the elementary school level, um, it is often the girls that are filling, filling the counselors, um, you know, room with with these sort of friendship struggles Mm -hmm. and i think because they hit puberty earlier so i do think Ah. emotions are bigger girls are two years ahead but not to say the boys aren't experiencing this because they are um they're Mm. too i just don't know if they it's it's um as socially acceptable for them to really participate in things like this which is yeah that kind of breaks my heart because the the boys that did participate it was so valuable for them to kind of get the tools and the skills to learn how to navigate this that was just a little bit of a mind-blowing moment for me. It's not that uh, this isn't happening with boys, but like you said, our society really um, has made it tough for for boys and men to show up emotionally and tap yeah. into those uncomfortable feelings and feel comfortable sharing them with others. So yeah. I, I thank you for framing it within that perspective. It's not a and girl that's been problem. that's one of the most common comments I've had when I've done events about my book is uh, moms will come up to me and say we really need this for boys and mm. I'm like you are right you are mm. absolutely right and so actually that inspired me so much my next book is um, more for middle school age and as much as possible I actually didn't attribute any stories or quotes to names or genders so I mm. as much as possible you know keeping that um, gender neutral you know to allow Fantastic. everybody to um, associate with the stories that are you know uh, applicable to them and not so yes yeah, so so we're, we're shifting as a society and I'm so grateful for that. Okay, I got chills thinking about um, the potential impact of that kind of information for uh, regardless of how your child identifies, these are important concepts and, and it's important for them to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in your work, 
you know, this is a great time to jump into some of the friendship truths that I think you've identified. Can you share some of those and how um, how important it is for us to, sh- to then share those with our daughters? Yes. And when these grew out of when I, as I was researching um, and, you know, which grew into a friendship program, I, I, and I was reading a lot of adult literature and books on this topic. Um, I kept, you know, uncovering these these truths that would be so helpful for kids to know at a younger age. So that's what I started to share in my program. And, you know, when we talk about these, there was like this sense of relief in the room, like, oh, okay, you know, that Mm -hmm. explains why this is happening. So one of the friendship truths is friendships have different phases and change over time. You know, mm. so if we have that in our head as we enter this period of change and instability, we're like, okay, this is this is just part of this. You know, this is not me. There's nothing wrong with me. Friendships do change over the mm. courses of our lives. Um, so, so that truth was, you know, a relief to many girls. Another truth is, you know, friendships require a lot of skills that mm. people learn at a different pace. So, mm. you know, that helps to explain, you know, if we have this friendship and something is, you know, happening in there, let's just say our friend is super inflexible you know, flexibility is a learned skill. You know, we have Ah. to learn over the course of our development to learn to be flexible, to learn to share. Um, So, you know, it doesn't mean that our daughter has to stay in that friendship, but she might see that, you know, this is a friendship that doesn't feel right because it maybe is lacking this skill and those skills take time to develop. So, you know, helping um, insert a growth mindset into friendships. Uh, Sure, sure. It's funny, we, as a mom, I can see how um, we, we try to insert a growth mindset into their academic settings or maybe their activities, but not necessarily in a personal relational setting. So yeah. I think it's a great reminder that that concept of you know, adaptability and um, constantly learning applies to friendships as well. That's really yeah. neat. And so I think knowing these truths and knowing what you know about teen friendships, tween friendships, what are the ways you think that moms can best show up for our kids? How can we help them? It sounds like these friendship truths uh, and instilling them in their kid, our, our kids is important. Are there other things that you kind of recommend or suggest? Yes. And the first one is, and I don't know if any of your listeners, you know, read anything by Brene Brown, but I just love mm. her work. And she uses this phrase called secondary trauma in parenting. Um, and sometimes when we see our kids going through a struggle, it might trigger a struggle that we had. Mm. Um, and it puts us almost into that reactive mode. You know, we do not yes. want our kids to experience that because we remember experiencing that and it was really uncomfortable. So really watching for that, you know, when our daughters are struggling, it can really trigger some stuff in us as parents. So, so watching secondary trauma, wow, that's um, good. staying out of that reactive mode. So, you know, if we notice, you know, we're getting super emotionally involved in between, you know, our daughter's having a conflict with a friend and we can't sleep at night and we are, you know, constantly thinking about this. Um, it's time to stay, take a step back, take care of ourselves and, and separate our reactions mm-hmm. from what our daughter's experiencing because it is different. You know, it, it might mm. look and feel the same, but it, you know, she's a different person. You know, she's going to have a different journey. So, so really grounding ourselves because when we are grounded, we can best 
be there for our girls. You know, mm. um, what happens, you know, in the early teen years, if, if we've been really reactive to a lot of their social struggles, they're going to stop coming to us because, you know, ah, they realize, right. hey, when I talk to my mom about this, she totally goes on her own roller coaster ride and she freaks out. So I'm not going to talk to her anymore. So, you know, just really staying grounded so that we can, you know, be this grounded force, you know, help, you know, to help our girls, you know, really talk through these situations, help them mm. navigate their emotions emotions, you know, help them think about their options, but really helping them build the skills and the confidence to know that they can, they can navigate these things. It takes mm. practice, but they will, they will get the skills to learn how to navigate, you know, comp, tricky, you know, relation, relationships and scenarios. Um, you know, one thing parents can do is just keep having conversations about, you know, hey, what, what do you really love about this friendship? Or, you know, what, you know, just mm -hmm. noticing those skills that they're looking for. Um, in my programs, we did a lot of, you know, you know, just fun activities like quizzes, you know, what are you looking for in friendships? Mm -hmm. Or what, what do I bring to friendships? So they start mm -hmm. to see all these qualities that go into friendship, you know, there's, there's healthy communication, there's trustworthiness, there's, you know, managing jealousy. So there mm -hmm. is a lot. So I can see why parents can be, be almost be befuddled. Like, where do I even start with this? Because there's so much to it, you know, and that's where yeah. there's a lot of this you know, learning over time, because there's a lot to it. And we all, you know, come to the table with strengths and weaknesses. So I think having an ongoing conversation, if you can mm. find some tools, um, you know, that's one thing I wanted to be sure to include in my book is there's lots of quizzes, you know, I still love quizzes, especially yeah, if it's, it's so quizzes true. about self-awareness, you know, just find right. you yes. know, stuff which, like that. So which puppy are you, which, yeah, yeah exactly. I know. I but love we that. We learned from that. We learned from Absolutely. Like, oh, actually, I'm more of an introvert, you know, and so yeah. it might shift what I'm looking for in friendship. So, you yeah. know, this is a, a big phase of that self-awareness and yes, you know, and, and internal and external awareness and navigating both those at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can already feel a sense of calmness after talking with you for 15, 20 minutes, being reminded that this is normal is so wonderful, um, both for, I think, our daughters to know and for us. And then to hear that uh, some of these concepts like trustworthiness and um, reliability, uh, et cetera, that those are things that as adults, we know already, we've kind of lived into the truth of why those things are important in friendship. And so it just takes a little time. Like, I feel like, oh, I just need to sit back give it some space, identify what those are and have those conversations. I'm wanting more now to identify those important qualities and remind, make sure that my daughters know of them and you know, help them practice, help them talk through situations, but then let them figure it out as best they can. Yes. You know, and I think it's really easy for us as parents to start to label kids. Like one of my least favorite labels is mean girl, you know, cause I'm like, mm -hmm. wait, guys don't have an equivalent to that. So I, yeah. I just hate that term. So, mm. um, you know, another insight for parents as much as possible, avoid labels. So, so kids mm. are going to have some unsavory behaviors. Yes. You know, and we're yeah. going to see that, but let's not label any of them, our uh -huh. own kids or the others in any way, cause they're going to, they're going to be different people by the time they get out of high school. And it was, it's been fun to watch 
watch that, to see those yeah. changes. So, um, you know, by us trying not to label and put people in boxes, you know, if they don't, if our kids don't see us doing that, you know, they might not do that either. Um, you know, so mm. staying open to changes in people, staying open to growth. And again, that doesn't mean we have to be friends with them. If it's not a good fit at that time, that is okay. You know, that's, yeah. that's a really great um, thing for girls to acknowledge because sometimes we're people pleasers and we have to yes. be friends with everybody, but we can, sometimes it's just not a good time, you know, for us to be yeah. in this relationship. And so as parents acknowledging that too, that's okay. That's, that is another great point. Um, the whole idea of not being friends with everyone, not being liked by everyone is, is not something I grew up with. I, I feel like that was the kind of the expectation. So I, I, I that's, that's empowering for our daughters to know that. And it's a good reminder to share that with them, that people won't always fit and it, it's okay. And it doesn't mean that they'll forever not be someone that you want to deal with. But if you're not besties, if, if, if you aren't finding that someone in your class that really resonates with you, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. Yes. You know, and what's especially tricky now with, you know, phones is, you know, kids see immediately when they're not invited to something. So mm. you know, another phrase I, I'd be sure to talk to with my girls is, you know, we're not always invited. And, and, and yes, it hurts when we see something, a group that we sh we feel like we should probably be there because we're friends with them and we're not, um, you know, but letting them know we're not always invited to things. Maybe there's more to that story that we don't know. Um, so mm -hmm. avoiding jumping to conclusions, you know, just it, it's a tricky time. I think now is especially tricky with, you know, the whole technology thing where kids are connected 24 or seven in some cases, um, you know, but you know, parents can just, again, be that grounding force, you know, not everybody's going to like us. We're not always going to be included. We can't be friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. We just do the best we can to be the, you know, the type of friend, you know, we'd like to have. Mm, I love that. I love that. I, I think this is a great point to kind of invite you to share um, a personal affirmation or quote that kind of inspires you and might be helpful to our listeners. Yeah, and one of my favorites, and this was really meaningful to my girls, and then it kind of just became a mantra, you know, for me to talk to kids about, because I feel like everybody can almost relate to this, is um, something I would say to my girls, and they really took it to heart, is, you know, when we're in a tough situation, you know, don't cower, mm. don't puff up, just stand mm. your ground. You know, mm. and so for my girls who tend to be more introverted and shy mm -hmm. for mm. them, you know, the don't cower was really powerful to them. Mm. You know, that they need to stand their ground in these situations. And then, you know, for girls in my groups that were kind of the, the maybe they're the bulldozer type where they just, you know, <laughs> they, they kind of connected with the don't puff up, you know, right. so, so it's something, you know, that can help girls know um, just, yeah, to stand their ground, that they don't have to cower, they don't have to puff up they have every right to be here and they're worthy i love that it, it actually reminds me of um something that i talked about earlier in in one of my earlier episodes was but this notion of interrupting and how i happen to notice in a certain social setting that uh, a one particular person was constantly interrupting and jumping over someone else it almost seemed like there was a fear of interrupting back and a fear of upsetting the person that was doing all the interrupting. Yeah. So I, I love that reminder that you, uh, you know, you don't have to bite back, 
but you also don't have to keep getting bitten and feel like that's okay. Like you have mm -hmm. every right to stand your ground and and show up the way you want to. It's just a wonderful reminder of of the messaging that our daughters should hear on the regular. Yeah, we still have that one on our bulletin board. I learned so much from this conversation with Jessica. If you're interested in learning more about Jessica's book or are curious about social emotional development, friendship and parenting topics, visit her website, jessicaspear.com. That's Jessica, S-P-E-E-R.com. There you can sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter and new subscribers will get a PDF of the Friendship Pyramid from the BFF or NRF book as well as social emotional resources. These links are in the show notes as well, so feel free to click there. Thanks for joining today. We are all making choices with our time and I am humbled that you're spending time listening to this show. If you're on Instagram, again, follow at them for quotes and reminders to keep you grounded, informed, and inspired. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify now has a rating system, which is awesome. Again, I'm grateful for you and applaud you for listening. And here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, and may we raise them.